0: new day and opportunity is in the air this is philip with soul insights and you are tuned into good morning market where everyday businesses are empowered to lead their market with the latest and market news insights and strategy good morning folks at least if it's the morning wherever you're listening it's the morning somewhere i hope y'all had a good weekend hope that you're uh, previous week was good, that you got a good agenda set for you this week, looking to accomplish a lot, but also increase in your knowledge and in your production capacity, as I like to say. Uh, got to talk with uh, Southern Lifestyle Company last week in the kickoff to the Retail Portraits mini series covering the retail industry. And today we have a special guest with us. We're going to be talking with Rule Joiner savannah legend uh design legend and the savannah business community um and really has has had an impact uh, on a much larger geographical scale with what he's been doing with retail design um just his unique style that he's brought to a lot of homes. So excited to get into the conversation with Rule. He's always a great character, but also brings some great business experience to the table. Before we get into the episode with, with Rule, I want to try quickly cover what happened in our business world this past week with the market roundup. Mm-hmm. All right, so some quick news items for y'all. Two big ones, though, really. A one national, one local on the market roundup. The first one, source CNBC, headlined U.S. GDP fell at a 1.4% pace. You read that right. It fell 1.4% to start the year as pandemic recovery takes a hit. GDP in the U.S. declined at a 1.4% pace in the first quarter, below analysts' expectations of a 1% gain. Declines in fixed investment, defense spending, and the record trade imbalance weighed on growth. Consumer expenditures rose 2.7%, but that came amid a 7.8% increase in prices. One quote from that article, This is noise, not signal. The economy is not falling into recession, end quote, wrote Ian Shepherdson, chief economist at Pantheon Macroeconomics. The local piece of news for y'all, at least local as in the state of Georgia, comes from Savannah Morning News. Headline, Governor Brian Kemp signs bill to reduce Georgia income tax starting in 2024. Governor Brian Kemp signed the largest tax cut in Georgia history Tuesday. Legislation, he said, when fully implemented, will save a family of four with an annual household income of 60 grand, more than $600 a year. Uh, more, moreover, the bill, which the Republican-controlled General Assembly passed early this month along party lines will gradually reduce the state income tax rate from 5.49% to 4.99% over a six-year period starting with the 2024 tax year. And that is the Market Roundup for this past week. Well, I'm very pleased to introduce you all to my next guest in this retail series. I got Rule Joyner here, and he is the owner of the Lifestyle Furniture brand 24E Design Company. Rule took over the family business, which was established back in 1986, and has proceeded to turn that retail store into the coolest store in Savannah with his eclectic blend of Southern tradition, modern expression both design and the brands and lines that they source he's designed projects for former presidents celebrities and many homeowners who love to showcase their lifestyle thanks for joining the program roll how are you doing today
1: hey philip i really appreciate you having me on man i'm pumped
0: i know i know i'm i'm, I'm feeling the energy already so one thing that people will notice if they've shop with you, if they've patronized your brand. When you get to know 24E, certain things will stick out, including these different kind of like old school furniture pieces that are built out of different kinds of uh aircraft parts. So for those who have Google accessible while you're listening to this, you'll notice there's like some really cool uh uh industrial looking uh seating that he's made out of it, coffee tables, dining tables you know, uh, dome, dome, uh, lamps and stuff. So how did you even get into like, Hey, I'm going to make furniture made out of aircraft parts.
1: Well, my, you know, my father was, uh, in strategic air command. I was military. I am a military brat. And, um, you know, looking at planes and looking up to him and, you know, what is the, you know, the romance of speed and travel and, you know, everything military to me is just cool. It's, you know, it's all overbuilt, over designed because at the end of the day, you know, it's got to work and, um, and it's got to work under the harshest conditions and it's got to, you know, uh, work when you need it the most. So it was, it was just a a natural thing to take some of those shapes and build it into, uh, into furniture pieces. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's not exactly rocket science and it Mm -hmm. isn't the hardest thing to do. It's just, you got to have, uh the imagination and and the will to want to do it and also the ocd to make to to want to do it right and uh so it was sort of self-taught and um you know uh designed um my first uh chair like actually on a flight uh to las vegas just sitting there staring at a cowling did it on a bar napkin in fact i still got the bar napkin somewhere and uh, and it worked out really well and you know it sort of it helped to make the brand sticky. And, you know, I, I don't think we like necessarily are the, the trendsetter and everything that we do, but we are just so curious and we like to do cool stuff with cool people. And, you know, and I really have, um, I don't, I'm, I am, I get bored. And so I'm always looking for that next thing, what to do, what's cool. And, and I, and really too, I, I'm just so driven by the people that we work with. It's a lot of fun getting to know these people and, you know, and making their ideas come to life and then our own. In fact, you know, that's a, I'm on location right now. We're, we're working on, um, a a project here on 59th street, which is totally been out of, um, our, you know what we normally do and uh, it was just something cool that came about and I was like shit let's do it so here yeah. we are. You
0: know, that that kind of takes me into what I was going to then kind of ask you on a, on a larger scale which is 24E has developed this reputation as a brand as having premium pieces that you would be proud to have in your home but at the same time it doesn't try to be not to pick on the other brands who take this route, but pretentious or unapproachable or too posh, it very much goes for eclectic, cool, you know, make yourself at home kind of vibe. So maybe you could tell just the story overall of 24E, the the company, and then also kind of how your brand flavor came about and the way people people know you and in, in your company. Yeah, man. That you know.
1: Thanks for pointing that out because I I feel like you know, we, as a brand, and especially people that know us and and our folks, I mean, they know we're, we're as approachable as it gets. I mean, you know, there's, um, you know, I've, I've, uh, my father's always taught me to respect everyone until they teach you different. And, um, you know, and, and although, you know, we got nice stuff and, and there is, you know, some, some things that are, are, are pretty luxurious, but it's nothing like pretentious. It's not, you know, we, um, we we know where we come from and we stay there. And um and and so you know, there's I, I'm so happy you pointed that out. And that's important to me. Um, you know, is, is remembering your roots and being able to walk down that street and you know, and and people know that you're real and that uh and you know, and you show them respect and they show you respect. It's um yeah, you know, I'm I'm from Tybee Island, Georgia, man. And uh and you know, I uh I don't forget it. And I went to Myers Middle School, Johnson High School. There's nothing more proud of that than you know than me in uh, Savannah, Chatham County, my just a Savannah boy. And that's the way, uh, you know, it's been from us working on Broughton Street to you know today being on 59th Street. So it's just uh, you know, having that respect and that realness, and that is very important to me and our, our business and our you know my family and our company culture.
0: Mm-hmm. So you ended up taking over the reins of the company, you know, like I said, it being a family business, how did you go from where you started off when you were handed the keys to where you'd come from that point, you know, getting to do these cool design projects, you know, even partnerships with like Savannah college of art and design, working with some of these bigger named, uh, clients and kind of how you started to make yourself known, uh, in the industry and in the community once you were given those keys.
1: Well, I, um, uh, you know, I, I don't know that my father got sick and when he got sick, I ended up coming back from college and, you know, and, and working in the business, he was doing rent to own. I told him, I certainly didn't want to do that. I wanted to do something a little different. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, you know, he was humbled by his situation and he was like, whatever you want to do, just take care of your mama. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, you know, it, it sort of morphed from that. It wasn't, as smooth and easy as all that, because, you know, he got better and, um, he got to feeling better. And then, uh, you know, but that, this has been a very long road. My father, you know, had to get a liver transplant. And when I came home from school, you know, he finally, when we got him the liver transplant, it took over a year to get it. Um, he -hmm. was given another 17 years and, you know, so, there was was a little bit of button heads with, you know, the vision as to what the business was going to be. But after he saw that it would work out, you know, he was fine with it. So a little bit of family politics with that. But, um, my wife who is, you know, has always been a, a big, um, a a big force in the business and was right next to me when we were, you know, after we got married and actually even before we got married and we took over the business, we started changing it. And Mm -hmm. so, uh, you know, we, I've always been into architecture, space, pieces, cool brands, things like that. And so it was just sort of a a natural progression. Um, We started doing some work with Inc. Magazine, and Mm -hmm. that sort of got us out there a little bit more. And, um, you know, and thanks to uh, Savannah uh, Economic Development Authority, who had asked me to do something for the governor at at Inc. That got us on Inc.'s radar. And then Mm -hmm. we started, you know, doing the Inc. 500, which we did, Chicago and San Francisco and, you know, ended up working with them and, and, and meeting wonderful, imaginative people like ping Fu from geo magic to doing stuff for American express MSNBC, your business. And, you know, here we are. Um, we survived seven and 08 and now have, you know, uh, made it through a pandemic. We just sold our, um, our real estate on 24 East Broughton street this past mm-hmm. December so that has been probably the largest jump that we've made because, you know, we're no longer tied to the retail space anymore. We're now uh, on the internet. And most of all, you know, all of this to me has been a quest for freedom mm-hmm. and, um, and I'm no longer tied to a building anymore. And um, I'm doing what I want, who I want, when I want, and where I want it. So yeah. it's not been easy so far because uh, you know, We've taken a totally different business model and pushed it into what we're doing now, which is online. We're gonna, uh, we're working um, more on our social media presence. I'm out here uh, making videos today with with a project that we're working on, and and um, so you know it's it's exciting about what's coming down the road. Um, it's a little bit more. Uh, Work with doing the social media aspect of it, the video aspect of it, which mm-hmm. I'm not used to. I'm much more used to just you know doing the work and then, you know, selling it and then or or, or working on the project, moving on. But now since we don't have that um, that retail front, mm-hmm. you know, it's a lot more about doing the social media, letting people see what we're doing from day to day, and it's that next uh, step, that next progression, and um, something I've never, you know, not done. And, uh, but it is the future and, um, it gives me a little bit more freedom to do things on my terms. And that's what I'm very happy about, you know, in order to provide for my family and, and, uh, and continue doing what we love to do.
0: So that, that that takes me back to something you mentioned. Is like y'all y'all got through the the oh seven oh eight recession, but I think you know you would also probably say that you know this pandemic, the two thousand twenty, even a lot of twenty twenty one was a different animal altogether, and and for those of y'all you know who don't know twenty four E Design, like you mentioned, twenty four E's Broughton Street in downtown Savannah, a high traffic, high tourist area. Obviously, when we have the shutdowns at the beginning of two thousand twenty. And That was just a funky year for everybody, but a lot of retailers, especially, it really just turned the playbook upside down and threw y'all a whole lot of loops that I'm sure that no one was anticipating. What was the pandemic like for y'all, especially in 2020? And and then what were some of the what was some of that journey from getting to the, all that stuff outside of y'all's control to coming out of the other side?
1: Um, you know, f- first of all, I think. At least for a lot of people, it showed that control is just an illusion. You can barely control what color socks you put on in the morning. And planning is, you know, I think it was Mike Tyson that says, everybody's got to plan until they get punched in the face. Yeah, and, um, and I mean, and that's right. Mike's right. And so, you know, what I learned through 07 and 08 was that when you got punched in the face, it was how you dealt with it and um and you know i mean be honest with you when the pandemic hit there's a lot of people just got in this marathon that you know i've been in since 07 and 08 and when you're running every day when there's another race it's just another race and it's just another day so um didn't panic didn't panic uh look for opportunities and look for other ways to uh to weather and continue to work but you know you got to remember to not ball up into a um and to you know, roll up into a ball and get into the corner and start crying because you're not yep. beat until you quit. Yep. And um and that's you know that's just another uh, lesson that we got from the pandemic. And to be quite honest with you, um, it really opened my eyes to you know how much time I was spending on stuff that was not necessary, and how much uh, attention that I was giving to things that were just like time vampires and, you know, and succubus, um, mm-hmm. just, you know, sucking all the the energy and life out of things I were doing that just was not a great return on investment. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, to be honest with you, one of the reasons I got rid of the retail space was uh, I was able to get back on my time to liquidate uh, some of those, um, some of those assets that we've had held hold up and held up over there. And though we loved it and I mean, it was, it was one of the hardest decisions I ever made in my life, but selling that place was, uh, I think it was the next step with what we needed to, uh, in order to really fulfill what, you know, I wanted to do and what the next step was for the business. And all of it is just about freedom. That's a, it's it's part of the, the aspect of the brand. It's about, you know, about that, that, uh, that American spirit. Of freedom mm-hmm. and so yeah. we were sort of putting our money where our mouth is and i made the big jump and we sold it
0: so something that you actually have been asked quite a bit on when it comes to that whole pandemic journey and like you said it, it really kind of forced you to kind of look at what was worth your time what wasn't worth your time what was most important when it comes to freedom that led you to transition your entire business to a different model but something you know we've all been dealing with the entire time at least you know uh People who are impacted by that industries like retail is supply chain challenges. So you've actually been interviewed many times, actually in national media, to talk about the challenges that small businesses are faced with when it comes to supply chain hindrances. You know, I, I've I, I've talked to a lot of people. They just heard supply chain, supply chain, supply chain, and they just get to like, well, I don't even really know what that means. From someone who's walked that walk and you've seen the effects of the supply chain challenges during the p- pandemic era. What, what can you kind of share with us about, you know, what is the supply chain issue? How do they impact you all? And, and, and how some of how you've dealt with it within limited control?
1: You know, I think that the the supply ch- chain challenge that we are all still living in has showed how much this globe is connected. I mean, you know, we're talking about decoupling from Russia, decoupling from China, you know, um, it it really showed the average person how connected we are mm-hmm. and, um, and, and two, how important that, uh, you know, that going down to truck drivers and the dock workers down at uh, Georgia ports authority, how important they are. Everyone mm-hmm. has, you know, this, uh, this role to play in it and it trickles back into everything within the products that we, that we use to the products that we even manufacture to the vegetables and the food that we eat. That we I mean it, it we're all so interlinked and you know not only was it a a huge uh, ordeal for smaller businesses, but it was it was a big ordeal for your family. Mm-hmm. It, you know luckily, we here in the southeast fared uh, better than than most because of Georgia ports, but mm-hmm. um you could you know you can see across the nation how people were affected by supply chain issues and you know if you weren't getting those certain components or you wasn't you you know getting certain products in order to build you know it it was get back to the car industry you had Mm -hmm. cars that were not being built because they did not have the chips in order you know to uh to 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 complete that that product you didn't Mm -hmm. um you you were having issues with getting sofas to um to boat seats to whatever because the 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 foam that was being manufactured was 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 at a loss sure. you're looking at now what's going on with the latex industry because of you know there there's not enough latex from needing these uh these exam exam gloves to tires to it shows how interconnected we are across this yep. globe yep. and yep. and also you know how much of a strategic uh issue this is for our country national security yep. and so yep. you know 95 percent of our medicines are made in china um mm-hmm. that's uh that's not acceptable and yep. so you know i think that it's it's made the average person and and you know and other people too that just were not paying attention know how interconnected we are and how serious this is and You know, I'd be honest with you, I think a lot of people saw that this could have just been the opening salvo to what could be, you know, a huge issue if we don't start moving on that today.
0: The the word chain is important in supply chain, but I think that like you said, people underestimated how long of a chain that is and how global of a chain that is. And when one link in the chain breaks, it, it impacts everything, which then impacts everything else to which is connected and, and you know, and uh to your to your point, I mean, during the pandemic, we just completely shut down so many things simultaneously and then we as consumers, we kind of think it's like magic. And of course, we had all this extra money in our pockets thinking that, oh, well, now that the lockdowns are done, now everything's back to hunky-dory, which now analysts are telling us that it will be well into 2023 before we have any kind of semblance of supply chain normalcy, so to speak. And that that assumes that we don't have any other significant roadblocks that, that throw uh, chinks in the chain. So... Um, I don't know if you wanted to follow up on that, but I, I know that you've you've been a big voice for small businesses in addressing what the reality of the situation is. That doesn't necessarily answer the how we fix it, but I know you've spoken a lot to what's the insider on, on this problem.
1: I, I, you know, I I think even saying that this will be fixed in two thousand twenty three is, uh, you know, I, I think if anything, it showed us that we really have to be vertically integrated with so many things. There needs to be everything that we need as a country needs to be manufactured here in some way, shape, form, or fashion. Doesn't that, you know, I, I mm-hmm. think you could mix uh, the the margin on the cost of things by having, mm-hmm. um, you know, lower cost goods still made overseas, but it is anything that we need here. You need to have built here as well. You know, yeah. I, I mean, and of course this isn't, uh, you know, going back to even furniture, which is nothing mission essential, but mm-hmm. it proves a point. We had, you know, one of our companies, American Leather, which you'd figure there would be no issues. And you know, we were over uh, six months, still are, on getting some of our recliners, I mean, uh, recliners and motion furniture because they do not make the um, the motion pieces. They do not make the mechanisms themselves. Mm-hmm. They have to get that, that uh, outsourced and then brought here, you know, that one component is holding yep. all, all, the rest of that American manufactured piece. Yep. And, um, you know, and, and so it's showing us as a country and as, you know, even when we are voting to voice our concerns to our elected officials or, or leadership period mm-hmm. on how important it is that, you know, we don't get over the barrel on certain products that we need, especially when it comes to medicine especially mm-hmm. when it comes to PPE, especially when it comes mm-hmm. to uh, to woven materials that, you know, there's not too many people that are building those materials. And, you know, we have to have some of that in the U.S. So we're not looking right. to someone that may be upset with us or we may be bad with depending on them for that product. That's just yeah. stupid.
0: Yep. No, you're right. You're right. I think it's shown the vulnerability within the system when you, this whole pandemic. So to that point, in terms of the, like the global or the the big scale challenges that have been facing retail, I kind of look at it like, you know, from what I've been seeing it's obviously staffing for a lot of retailers has been a challenge for others and for everybody. It's inflation, right? The cost of everything that goes into making your business do what it does. You know, inflation, I think the average consumer, for example, has had over $5,000 increased cost to get the exact same product, uh, you know, year over year. Then you've got the supply chain thing, which we really touched on, you know, the bigger businesses and big retailers like Amazon have done very, very well, uh, compared to small and mid sized retailers, you got e-commerce demands and you know, which you're undergoing right now in terms of how you deliver your product, a lot of different things going on. What, what do you think was the biggest one for 24 e-design? And then how, how did you go about starting to pivot to address that, that big macro concern?
1: You know um that's a that's a great question um i think the largest macro concern i saw was the shifting landscape of retail period Mm -hmm. um you know i was i've been working 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 trying to figure out how to scale this business what do we do you know and i just took a step back and i took a look at you know it's easy to get mad at amazon or some big business you know at the end of the day we're buying this shit. It's me and you that are clicking. Yeah. And so, you know, I said, Hey, you know, what do I need to do in order to prepare myself and my family for what's to come? And at the end of the day too, I'm not Elon Musk. I'm not going to be changing the world, but Oh my God, I love watching that guy. Um, you know, I I took a step back and I saw all the pads that are developing out on I-16 Everything that's coming—that's I ninety five. I know that six months worth of all the U.S. capacity of steel has been allocated to Amazon in order to build uh, warehouses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those are big indicators. Yeah. And so then I sat back and I said to myself, you know, hey, do I want to sit here and slug this out and grind this out on Main Street, USA, and you know, and and then limit myself with the amount of time that I have with my family, or do I want to get smarter? And so I got smarter and I started looking at how I could drill back from my cost perspective. Mm-hmm. And, um, and do I have it all figured out? No, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, I've, 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 started to cut back and I've started to, um, to look at what I can investment, in, what I can invest in and know, you know, what, what exactly is something that can shield me a little bit from this inflation. So, you know, I'm starting to look at different things to invest my time in, to invest my money in, and um and, you know, I'm working toward it. I knew yeah. it, it's this stuff is not rocket science either. And I'm no Thomas Sowell. You know, mm-hmm. you print more money. What does that do? It devalues mm-hmm. the money and increases inflation. Yeah. So, yeah. um, you know, we seem to be printing it like there is no tomorrow, like I've never seen in my lifetime. I know that you haven't. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, you got to start preparing yourself and your family for that. And while you're doing that, too, you know, Mm -hmm. figure out ways to make ends meet and keep saying your piece. You know, Mm -hmm. um, I think the one thing that's going to save America is us being able to be free and keep speaking. You know Mm -hmm. what? Me and you may not agree on the same um, politics. Mm -hmm. We may not have the same views. But you know what? I should be able to listen to you and not get all angry and bent out of shape by what your views are. Yep. And, um, and, and I find that in that way, if I keep that attitude and I keep that mindset and I'm hanging around those people that are able to keep, you know, intelligent conversations going, mm-hmm. I'm going to be okay. Yep. And, um, and you know what, no matter what the media does or what someone else does, you know, I know that one thing I can control is my attitude and my behavior. And that's what yep. I'm trying to teach my kids, my family, my friends, and keep putting that out there. You know what, and I'm going to say what the hell I want to say, when I say it, how I want to say it. And if you don't like it, you can turn it. And I'm not looking to like to incense anybody or whatever, but you have that freedom. And you know what, I want to hear what you have to say. I don't want to drive you in the dark. I want to hear what you have to say. I may not agree with it, but, you know, you and I should be able to have that conversation, be adults about it, be civil, and, you know, and be able to walk away from there exchanging ideas. And I yep. think that, that is what makes this country great. And I think that at the end of the day, that's going to—that's what's going to prevail. That's what's going to see us. This entrepreneurial spirit, these people yep. that just will not stop, will not yep. stop. Yep. That's what's made this country great.
0: You no, know, what, what I'm hearing from this conversation is kind of almost like the entrepreneur's mentality. Of what should be the focus, and what kind of the whole pandemic era has taught business leaders like you is what's most important okay there's things you can't control you can't control amazon doing what it's, what it does you can't control you know how much government the money uh, the how much money the government prints you can't control when there's a global pandemic but what you can control is your attitude you can control what you emphasize so in the case of rule joiner it's freedom freedom in the operate and the way you operate your business freedom in the way that you make certain commitments on the business side which then have ramification on the personal side freedom to kind of just choose your own path blaze your own trail and just know that you know it's about what you most value it's about what's important to you in this case freedom and then being able to have that opportunity to have good discussions with people learn from people which then of course can impact you positively Everywhere, including the way you run your business, right?
1: That's it, man. You just nailed it. In fact, I want to join your fan club. That's it. That's <laughs> awesome. And you know, and 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 it's okay. I man, I I make I make so many mistakes. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And um, and I'm still learning. And mm-hmm. I do not have this figured out. I have no map. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I'm gonna show up. I'm gonna suit up, and I'm gonna put out. Yeah. And one day, you know, when I'm dead, I want my kids to say, hey, you know what? At least my dad was real. Yeah. And, um, and you know, and, and and he worked hard and he loved me. And mm-hmm. that's what I care about. You know, my family, my kids, and just people to say, hey, you know what? God didn't always have it figured out, but he showed mm-hmm. up, suited up, and put out. And that's it. So and if, if that's it, they can put that on my headstone. Check.
0: That's right. Mission accomplished. So – Wrapping it at home. This is the last question for the person listening to this right now. They they own you know uh, an up and coming you know shop around the corner retail space, or you know they own a, a business that's been out there for years and years and years. They're trying to grow. They're dealing with the same challenges or similar challenges that you've been dealing with, and you've been in business a long time. What's your biggest advice for that person listening right now who who runs that small to mid sized retail brand? Get on Shopify,
1: get on Shopify, start uh, understanding that, you know what, that, that website may not be making you all the money in the world that it's supposed to be. And you know what, you may not be able to hire everybody that you need to, to like be able to scale it into that. But Mm -hmm. Shopify at least gives you, you know, it'll get you organized. Mm -hmm. It'll get you on that platform and it'll get you ready to where, you know, you can begin to differentiate yourself. Mm-hmm. And you, uh, you, you can make yourself bulletproof. But if I mean, I think that's probably the most valuable thing that I could say is get yeah. on Shopify. And if you're a maker or any of that, you know, get yeah. on Fair, get yeah. on Etsy. Start using mm-hmm. Shopify. Start getting out there to where you can make your megaphone larger mm-hmm. without all the overhead. And, yeah, um, yeah. and you know, it's, uh, it's not easy. I wish I had, I wish I'd had more of that mindset earlier on in the game when I was, um, you know, I, I, there's a couple of companies, I will not name their names, but I remember mm-hmm. these are, they were small companies at the time and I'd mm-hmm. go in their store and all their people would be buried like in a computer. I mean, their customer service is just ass. Mm-hmm. And I, and I, would walk out of there a little disappointed, but I was like, you know what, there's no way they're going to be in business in uh five ten years and i yeah. was so wrong yeah. um they had their head buried in the internet when i did not mm-hmm. and um and although it seems like you know that is just such a large mountain to climb it's not it's these. well yeah. it's you can't get overwhelmed by it i think shopify is that first thing that the small yeah. to medium-sized business can start getting involved in and you know those little, little bitty things on Shopify can be huge in the future. Yeah. And, um, and that shoot, that's probably a whole nother, uh, podcast, but, oh yeah, uh, but that, that would, that would probably be my big advice to, yeah. uh, to make her a small business, check out Shopify, check mm-hmm. out fair. And mm-hmm. you know what? I mean, uh, also man, you know, really, uh, especially if you got small kids and you're, you're, you know, mm-hmm. you're in the space, this time flies man and yep. um and uh i uh before you know it they're grown so yeah
0: well i've seen a lot of businesses to kind of try to get on the shopify bandwagon or some of these these major uh commerce platforms for retailers like during the pandemic because they realized oh crap now I now when i don't have tons of foot traffic coming in the door to run businesses all the way i always have you know i a lot of businesses are now founding success on these commerce platforms that can combine in one system the 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 in store with the the online. You can have that one kind of seamless integrated system where you can have your data. It can help you push out like logistics. So I think that's and and tell me if I'm wrong. It's you want like an ecosystem that can kind of handle yes. all the operations and sales across all the different ways you deliver your service or product, and that way you as the retail owner then you can focus on other things because you don't have 15 16 different disjointed systems
1: there's no other uh platform out there that compares to shopify with mm-hmm. um you know for at least from our vantage point uh mm-hmm. that that could help sew all those things together from marketing to you know the intake to the outflow yep And um, fulfillment
0: and, the whole thing no doubt no doubt thing.
1: and 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 not to mention, you know, we're not even scratching on the surface of like how fair integrates with it and how, you know, as a maker, they don't, you know, with fair, you don't have to even go to markets anymore. You can, you know, sell to a bazillion people like me or a bazillion people like themselves that, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's it's the friction point of e-commerce evaporated with um with covid mm-hmm. and you know when your parents are now shopping on amazon <laughs> and not thinking anything about it or yeah think about yeah. this people are buying houses and cars and whatever Sign on
0: scene. Yep. <laughs>
1: yeah the, the friction point is gone yeah. yeah and that's when i was like man this bricks and mortar thing is, yeah. uh, in, in, in there, there is a place for bricks and mortar. And, yeah. but, you know, at some point, the, uh, the return on investment on bricks and mortar in a lot of ways, the, the, the diminishing returns have really increased. And, yeah. um, and I think that, uh, it's going to be really interesting seeing what happens to retail in the next, Uh, three to five years. And, um, and I, uh, I I think that people need to uh, start getting ready for that. And, and, and I think Shopify is, is a way to, to be able to help a a lot of smaller businesses like myself.
0: Thank you. That's, that was beautiful. I, I fully agree, fully agree with your rules. So, uh, we, we had a big personality in here that has also a big brand that that he gets to show a part of himself, 24E Design Co. Rule Joiner. For people who want to learn more about the story, for people who want to shop, for people who want to connect with you, where can they go um, after this episode and go learn more about you and 24E?
1: Um, you can go to our website, which is uh, 24Estyle.com. Okay. Or uh we're on Instagram at 24 E style and then my personal Instagram, which is R-U-E-L-J-O-Y-N-E-R. Or man, just call my cell phone. I get so bored. Call me. Nine one two six five nine four oh six four. And uh like I said, we're uh, we're approachable
0: awesome yep that's rule joiner uh the owner of 24e uh design company hashtag 24e style uh you can shop all of this this cool stuff at uh, 24e also he does design work for 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 clients when he's doing some more custom stuff so that was awesome rule thank you for giving us a tour of your perspective on retail have a great rest of the day hey thank you man go braves that's right go braves So I uh, loved that conversation with Rule. I just enjoy talking with Rule, and uh, you know he also has gone through this journey himself. But brought some great knowledge in terms of being able to see around corners, see where the industry is going, see where consumers are really going, and being able to meet that with making impressive, ambitious changes in the way that you interact with your customer, the way you interact with your brand audience. So great conversation. We're gonna keep it going, keep the momentum going with another legend of the savannah business community another legend of downtown savannah really but once again that has had a national impact we're going to talk to ross bragg of leopold's ice cream ross bragg is the general manager there and really guided the ship in many ways in terms of operation through the pandemic era and has guided them outside of that pandemic era has been able to come up with a lot of innovations to make leopold's more flexible and adaptable to grow its business despite all the different challenges to foot traffic so not to spoil anything you know i I think that's gonna be a great conversation with ross another perspective you kind of get the blend between retail and in almost like food food dining kind of uh industry as well so that's gonna be fun uh, as we go into this week don't forget to subscribe to good morning market the newsletter i keep on telling y'all but i don't tell y'all for any you know personal benefit specifically there really is a benefit for readers uh, we have national news in there that we cover every week going to get you at least one news article that is letting you know what's going on in the national economy but then we're going to bring it down to more of a local level so you have some more local data in terms of what's the latest in your market we also cover some business strategy and some marketing specific strategy Um, and then I also include some goodies there that I don't include in the podcast so you can go above and beyond with uh, content consumption about marketing strategy research the whole thing I think you'll like it check it out as you go into this week wish you the best of luck have a great week everybody and in order to lead your market what you must first hear and know your market.